All right, it's the middle of July, and we are fired up with Jake and John. I'm WTOP's John Doman here talking barbecue with my good friend, Mike Jakaitis. Also known as Jake. And this week, we're going to get into the flavorings, the seasonings, all the ways that you can influence the way your barbecue tastes. Because look, the reason we make barbecue, the reason we eat it, is because it tastes good. Yes. We're not doing it for health purposes. No, that soft, succulent meat tastes Freaking awesome. And on the one hand, you can make it really complex as you bring in all these different flavors and influence into things. But on the other hand... It's it's not rocket science. It's not. You can keep it simple. And we're not rocket scientists. No, thank goodness we're not because I wouldn't be working here if I was. I'd be making a lot more money building rockets. Exactly. And our wives know we're not rocket scientists either. Hey, hey, we're going to keep the wives out of this. (laughs) But the first way to influence things is with the wood itself. Most places around here in the commercial kitchens, they use oak for a lot of reasons, mostly because it's widely available. Yeah. I mean, I use a wide variety of woods. I've been on a cherry kick lately. You, you've been doing that I've as been well. on a cherry kick after I've had to uh, knock down a wild cherry tree, a couple of wild cherry trees that were in the <laughs> backyard before they knocked down one of my kids or the neighbor's kids. So <laughs> Myron Mixon, he's, he's a hickory guy at his restaurant mm-hmm. in Old Town. He has a, a source to get a lot of hickory. But when he's at home in Georgia, he's got a pecan tree. And, you know, he uses peach wood and, and stuff like that. There's, there's a lot of different woods that we can use. It's a pecan or pecan? It's it's whatever you know what I'm talking about when I say it. That's what matters. Actually, pecan. I I found out that it's a very versatile type of wood. I used it for uh, ribs. I used it for beef. I used it for chicken. But what you get at a restaurant isn't necessarily what you're going to get in the backyard. Like I said, so you know you can right. use a lot of different woods. You go to the hardware store or you go to the grocery mm-hmm. store where they have bags of wood ready to throw in the smoker. Some you know, apple wood is always available. Hickory wood is always available. Right. Sometimes you can find messy. There's a lot of different woods that you can use. The type of wood that you use doesn't have to be the most expensive kind of wood. It just depends sometimes on your smoker. I discovered that the wood chips that I use cost a buck ninety seven at Walmart. And I think that's another thing where sometimes you don't have to get the fanciest, nicest wood. No, just not at all. Find what works. Yes, sometimes I'll mix my woods. Like I'll start off with mesquite. And then finish it off with maybe some hickory or some cherry. And so we're going to segue that right into our guy Fernando Gonzalez at 250 Barbecue in Riverdale. He goes through a whole lot of wood pretty much every day. Oh, my goodness. With those giant smokers he's got. Yes. He has entire storage sheds just full of it that he just kind of cycles (laughs) through. Here's him talking about the kind of wood he uses at the restaurant, but also the different kind he uses if we were to go to his backyard for a cookout. All that, here's what he has to say about how he uses wood to influence the flavor of his barbecue. White oak primarily is what we use because it grows locally. But we have a local farm in College Park delivering for us every single week. And whenever they can, they bring post oak. Sometimes you receive a, a little batch of red oak, but primarily oak all the way. It's a very clean, not overwhelming, smoky flavor it's really it's really mild on the meat not like hickory or mesquite for example tends tends to be more aggressive on the smoky flavor but this is uh, very good for fire management too yeah it burns longer it burns longer how long does Um, a shed full of this last um i will say three weeks three weeks so so the farm is is currently seasoning our wood for four months approximately and then they bring the wood and then we try to season it for another month. So once you're ready to combustion every single log, you spend six months, five, six months, um, curing it or seasoning it. It's, it's pr- probably not ideal because in Texas, 
they season it for a year, two years maybe. But it's it's really what we can get in a constant supply here, and you really depend on this. This is our main ingredient, right here. I was gonna say when you go to the store, you know, there's a lot of bags of applewood, uh, hickory, mesquite type wood. Because the oak brings a cleaner thing, how does that sort of influence the flavor of the barbecue? If I would if I would um, start a fire for cooking poultry, for example, in my backyard, I would probably use applewood. Um, you can go to these hardware stores, and they will yeah. they will offer you uh, applewood. Sometimes firewood on the side, or you can decide that. But um, I think it's very very good for poultry, applewood, and uh, again, there's an, there's a local. Um, farmers market vendor during pruning season they they trim a lot of uh, apple wood we receive a lot of requests for that so we just send them over there and hey they can get you some some apple wood it's good um, I would say for briskets if you're if you're cooking like uh, one small mat, uh, batch of briskets for your family and friends on a backyard uh, I would say hickory mesquite it's a very good way to enhance the smoky flavor because you're not cooking, you know, 10 briskets at a time. Just, you know, injecting or projecting the most authentic smoky flavor that you can. What about fish? Like fish, uh, that's a very, that's a, that's a sensitive topic. Because <laughs> <laughs> for me, for example, I love to smoke fish, mm -hmm. but it tends to, the smell tends to stay on the chamber for a long time because you know, our chambers are so, so large that once you have a flavor or a scent in there, it'll stay, it'll stay. So um, I probably use a ceramic, bring big green egg or a, my stick burner or even a pellet wood smoker uh, for a barbecue yard setting. Um, not the 1000 or the 500s we have here. Yeah. But so. how does the oak, I guess, work with the seasoning for you? To, to get the right flavor. So we what we notice is uh, there's a great bark development. First of all, the bark it's really settled on the meat, especially on briskets, and um, there's more smoke penetration without being overwhelming on your palate. What you really want is to enjoy that little piece of brisket once at a time, that bite, but without having that that. Um, flavor on your palate for the next two hours you know um, with other woods that's that's that that tends to be the case not with oak it allows the seasoning to do better exactly too. yes exactly and 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 really uh, as you said for fire management weather here can be crazy you sometimes are starting the fire at 6 a.m. in the morning and it's 20 degrees right. and you really need something to rely on in terms of wood in terms of fire management in terms of combustion, clean combustion. Otherwise, you're going to be fighting that fire for the next 14 hours at 20, 30 degrees, especially during winter. So. And one of the things when you get your smoker started, I, I know mm -hmm. you mostly use electric. I, I've got a, a, both a charcoal and an electric one. And when I use the charcoal grill, I started off yeah, with charcoal. Yeah, look at you. Yeah. I Look, when, when, my, when my gas grill died a couple summers ago, I had to go all out and get something that I was really going to use. A little bit more than I, you know, cost-wise, but I, I convinced my wife I was going to use it on a regular basis and it was going to be worth it. Yeah, but yeah, but do you love tending to that to that fire? Not setting always. The, setting the fire is fun, okay? <laughs> At least for me. And, and, and that's one of the things when you when you're using wood and charcoal together, 
it, it can easily be overdone. You can get yeah. your food to taste like an ashtray if you're not careful, if you try to rush it. And, and that's the thing. You have to be really patient when you're doing it that way, and you have to be focused because if, if you think you're just going to set it and forget it and try to rush yeah. the process, if you would, it, it's not going to turn out very well. Yeah, and that's why I have not taken the plunge yet. You know, I'm looking at possibly getting a new smoker, but so far the electric smoker is doing me well. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I would say if, if you're the kind of – you know, I'm I'm the washed up middle aged suburban dad. I've sometimes I can really pay attention to it on the patio, and sometimes I'm juggling three or oh, four good things at the same time, and and that's where the electric one really comes in. Yeah, you have two kids. All I have is a dog. So I mean, you're busy. I mean, me, I can just set it and forget it. So when when you're throwing stuff in, in your uh, smoker, though, do you have a favorite wood in particular that you like to go to? Depends. It depends. Um, it's hard to say because I, I my moods change a lot. So. I guess if I, if it was my go-to, if I just had to pick one for all kinds of meat, hickory, hickory, okay. yeah, hickory. But like, but, but like I said, like with beef, I mean, you could use cherry, but I want more of a smoky flavor, so I'll use a little bit of mesquite, oak, and hickory. Pork, I like cherry, you know. But also, I, I told you, like I said before, I, I like pecan or pecan because <laughs> it's it's very uh it's very versatile. So. So, yeah, I, I don't have a go-to. I mean, Applewood, I, I've, I've done that with ribs. I'm all over the place, okay? All right. I'm going to admit something here, and, and it might get me into some trouble. Go ahead. Um, typically, I just grab the, the Applewood chips or the hickory chips. That, that's what's plentiful at the grocery stores around my house. Nothing wrong with that. Honestly, I can't tell the difference. <laughs> well, I, well, you know what? I can tell the difference with the smell I think cherry wood smells really good to smoke a lot better. Now with mesquite, if you use mesquite, mesquite is really bitter. You, you'll you'll notice a difference if you just smoke some meat with just mesquite. It, it, there's a really you've got a bitter taste if if you do that. I don't know if I just use so many different seasonings and, and flavors and really put it up on there that the the actual impact of the smoke. I mean, I can tell when when my food has been smoked versus when it's been grilled. But if you told me one was smoked with applewood and one was smoked with hickory and mesquite, right. I, I would have to try really hard to figure out what uh, it is. Uh, and right. I don't know that I could be. All right, next time I'll bring in some mesquite chips that you can use. and Use it and then let me know if you will notice a difference. Okay, just because in the grand scheme of things, I mean, I, I like the smoky flavor, but I'm, I'm not going to sit there and be able to tell you that, oh, this was smoked with apple and this was smoked with hickory. No, oh, well, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I can't do that either. I mean, I can smoked, go by smoke, I'll, but I, I do know I can tell when I smoke with mesquite. I'll, I'll tell you the seasonings that are on it, and you know, I'll, I'll play around with that. But, I, but I think that's really, for me, the the flavor of the barbecue really comes through from the seasonings. And, and we're going to get into the seasonings in a second. You know but, what? Maybe we should do a taste test. You know, bring some food in. <laughs> what wood did John smoke with it? But <laughs> you know, there, there are some types of meat that even before you put the seasonings on it. You can really do a lot of things to get the flavor going. And, and we're talking about poultry now. Uh, chicken is, is another very flexible meat yes. that, you know, I've got a, a chipotle lime seasoning that I use on wings sometimes. Sometimes you just smoke with Old Bay. Yes, I, the Old Bay thing's great. And a lot yes. of barbecue rubs as well. But before you put any of that seasoning on your chicken, we're going to let Fernando tell you about the importance of brining that bird at least 12 hours, if, if not even longer than that, because... That's really going to help unlock some of the flavor from your chicken, your wings, your chicken breasts, you name it. Brine it first. We're going to let Fernando explain why you need to do that. I think everything starts with a brine. Brine your chicken, brine your poultry. That's my recommendation because it'll avoid surprises like, hey, this is, you know, a very good smoky flavor. It's completely dry inside. You know, so you want to you want to start with that. We currently 
brine or pork rib for 24 to 72 hours. Um, so you have a lot of moisture in that. And then once you put it on the, on the smoker, uh, we're just looking for a golden color overall. And then once you have that color settled, then we wrap. You know, I have not brined any chicken yet. And I heard you can also brine pork. Uh, have you done it? I've, I've, I've done pork once, mostly because I, I needed a way to help kind of thaw it quicker than I uh, had time to do mm -hmm. the more natural way. But yes, I, I've taken to brining my wings now. And I think it does make a, a, a subtle difference that it does taste better that way. Okay. And what's in your brine? So when, when I'm doing just wings, I'm not getting that in-depth with it. I will put a lot of hot water and then, you know, just kind of salt, pepper, adobo seasonings, things, your basic seasoning package. Now, I will say— Well, well hold on. When you said hot water, you need to um, have it cool down before you stick the wings in there because you're going to kind of cook it, right? Uh, not. I mean, I don't, I don't make it that hot. Okay. But I will say that uh, every Thanksgiving— so a, f a friend of mine, her husband is a, a chef, like a full-blown, like, you know, restaurant chef. Now he, he actually teaches uh, people at a college up in Pennsylvania. And I got his recipe for brining turkey. And we're talking water, ice, salt, pepper, all these different seasonings from the spice rack, bay leaves, oranges, lemons, uh, like peeled and zest and all that stuff. A lot more goes into it. Sounds like an expensive brine the way food prices are nowadays. It, it, it is. <laughs> believe me, you know, it, it's not the favorite thing to do around Thanksgiving is you know loading up on citrus and bay leaves and all these other different things, rosemary, sprigs of thyme. Oh, hold on. How stuff. do you fit that in your fridge with, with the water and everything? Or do you put it in a cooler? Or? Oh, I have a fridge in the garage, man. John Doman, living large. Living large. <laughs> The fridge has probably been there since 1970. <laughs> you know it's, what? It's probably going to last to 2070, the way they made things back then. That, that <laughs> fridge holds uh, uh, beer, milk, and turkeys on Thanksgiving when I'm brining the turkey breast. The John Doman staple. Exactly. <laughs> but it is a brine that I will use every Thanksgiving because it is that good. And I will say, when it, when it comes to Thanksgiving dinner, there is a noticeable difference in how good the turkey is because of the brine. So, you know, all right, you know what? So, so, so while so, I go so, cheap and while I go, you know, kind of lazy on my chicken wing mm -hmm. brine, I will say, like, if you do it the right way, it is going to come through. All right, all right, send me the brine. I'll, I'll try it this Thanksgiving. It, I'll try it. I absolutely fine sending it to you. It, it is long. It, it takes like a good hour, hour and a half from start to finish because there's the the boiling and then the cooling and all that stuff. Yeah, I just got to find a place because we have one fridge, so. Hopefully, it'll be one of those 30-degree days where I can put in a cooler with ice, and hopefully that'll work. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll use God's fridge. Well well <laughs> worth it. So, But again, for me, the biggest influence in flavor is going to be the seasonings. This is mm -hmm. where you can be both simple and complicated. All these barbecue guys that we talked with, you know, it, it always started off simple, just you know, salt and pepper, a yeah. couple of other things here and there. But you can get really complicated, too, and, and have that not be a bad thing. Rob Sonderman, he explained there's a real simple thing people forget to do right off the bat, so we're going to just let him take it away on flavoring. He's going to go on for a couple of minutes because, again, his barbecue is probably the boldest, most flavorful barbecue out there. Some people may not like it that way because it's too too seasoned, too hot. It's certainly unique to the D.C. area, and, and I think it's really, really good. And I'll, I'll just let him explain the flavoring because, again, he's the expert at it. I still need to get out there. I mean, I love spice. Another thing that I think people mess up on is not having enough, like, salt in their dry rub. I think salt makes, like, a huge difference. Obviously, there's a balance between too much and not enough. But, you know, if you look at someone like Aaron Franklin, all they're putting on their meat is salt and pepper. And I like to do a lot more than that, you know, some brown sugar, some chili powder, some garlic powder. But 
having enough salt is definitely important, I feel like, and I feel like a lot of people kind of miss out on what everything, like the absolute potential of their food by not having enough salt. And then putting like sauce on stuff a little too early and then the sauce burns up or the meat burns up, I think is another mistake that I know my dad used to make a lot, which is why I started cooking barbecue when I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get into the, to the salt thing and the flavor thing because you do, you guys play with a lot of flavor that you don't get in a lot of other places. But just to, just to be clear, there's no shame in just getting the electric one. It's like $200 at Home Depot. Yeah, absolutely not. If, if you're an amateur, you're saying, don't, don't feel inferior about it. Right, definitely. I mean, barbecue is what you want it to be, everybody's, and you know, if you're enjoying it, that's all that really matters. And if you enjoy it and your family enjoys it, and that's all that's eaten, and then who cares what the guy down the street thinks judging you because he's got a little bit more of an expensive smoker. You know, I, I think, you know, and that's the great thing about barbecue is everyone gets, it's like jazz, you know, everyone can kinda, there's a few sort of ground rules, but it's the world's the limit from there. Now, you know, going back to the flavor thing, you know, I order from you not long ago. I've done my homework. You guys do use a lot of flavor. Like every bite, you can taste a lot of things going on in the, in the pork and in the brisket and all that stuff. Well, I stuff. appreciate that, yeah. What, we uh, try to. What, what's, what's your philosophy on flavor? What, what's, what's really important to you? So, you know, I've talked to a couple of different of the food writers and, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Tim Carmen from the Washington Post, but he always comments that our food is too spicy or a lot of the time. And for me, I would rather someone say that. Like the last thing that I want to hear is someone comment that the food is bland. Bland pulled pork's not very good. So, you know, trying to balance the, the smoke with the salt with, you know, we all, we dress our pork with a little bit of our Carolina vinegar based barbecue sauce. That sort of helps balance the fat and it has a little kick to it. We definitely like to go a little bit on the heavy handed side as far as maybe not just salt, but other kind of flavors to help accentuate the rest of what we're doing. Combining all these different spices, the salt, the pepper, what are the other things that maybe don't get utilized enough or you think would, would really help somebody's, whatever they're making out that, yeah. that might not come to mind right away? Outside of salt, black pepper, garlic powder, and then chili powder, either like ancho or chipotle, those are kind of my two favorites. I think brown sugar is something that I always use, but obviously that's sort of a top of mind thing but cumin is one of my favorite like alternate ingredients in dry rubs and in my barbecue sauce. It's uh, kind of mostly used in Mexico and somewhat in like in Indian food and Middle Eastern food, but it's got a really nice kind of baseline like smoky, earthy notes to it. And I think it's just awesome. We use it in, our, in some of our dry rubs and in our barbecue sauce. And I think it just kind of adds a really nice flavor. It's really good on everything but you can sort of go a little heavier on something like if you're cooking lamb it's really great with um or any you know anything like that uh but really salt black pepper garlic powder chili powder and brown sugar are like kind of my five keys for a dry rub um and then barbecue sauce you sort of start with those start with your dry rub and then sort of what you like you know, obviously ketchup, some vinegar, maybe a couple of different kinds of mustard, some molasses, brown sugar, and then kind of use your dry rub that you're gonna have on your meat. And then now your sauce sort of already has some of those same flavors going that your meat does. So everything sort of is a little bit more harmonious. So yeah, one of the things Rob mentioned to me was, you know, he actually has to sort of tame it down for his restaurant because, you know, when he's at home barbecuing, he can get really experimental and he'll just go crazy with the spices. And the customers, right. they expect that more consistency. And I get it. Yeah. But, oh, he's running a business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but 
you know, there, there's certainly a lot of things, the, the cumin especially, there's a lot of boldness that can be really powerful. Uh, let's get into it. What's, what are your favorite things to use All as seasoning? Right. Well, when I do beef, when I do my brisket, just simple salt, pepper, and a little bit of granulated garlic. Ribs and pork butt, I use a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, it's, contrary to what some of our experts have told us, I'll use a little bit of smoked paprika, um, garlic, uh, granulated garlic, chili powder, a little bit of Old Bay, cumin. Uh, and, oh, and I finally wrote this down because <laughs> I was experimenting and, and uh, you know, my wife said, hey, why don't you write this down? Uh, uh, good idea. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously there are a lot of specially sort of barbecue rubs that you know, market themselves as like just for doing pulled pork and all right. that stuff. And and they've got basically all the stuff that you would put in your rub anyway already in them. And that's yeah. fine. Well, but, what's your favorite? I mean, it kind of depends on what I'm cooking with. You know, mm-hmm. if, if I'm doing, you know, some more beef flavored stuff, it's going to be maybe some adobo seasoning, some salt and mm-hmm. pepper. I have some uh, red wine infused salt that I've. I like oh, to you use told when me I'm about this. Steak yes. Or yes. If I'm putting brisket. Yes. All that stuff is pretty good. If I'm doing pulled pork, then I'm going to. Use a lot more barbecue type flavors, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of peppers, a lot of salt, but also oh, paprika. Yeah. I tried turbo, stuff. turbonado sugar. Mm-hmm. I've used that, yeah, and that that's good for, with with pork. Yeah, and so uh, I think there's um, McCormick makes something just called uh, applewood seasoning. Yes, yeah, I, I'll, I'll throw that in the mix as well. Like uh, smoke, uh, McCormick made uh, smokehouse maple, which yeah. is which is good. And, and they all seem to have like a lot of the seasonings that I would be pulling for anyway. When, when I'm doing pulled pork, I might throw a little bit more cayenne pepper in mine just to get a little bit more zip. Yeah, it's just experimenting. Just you know, have fun. You know, you'll, you'll find out what you like, what works, and what may not work. And you know, one thing that we'll get into when we talk about our favorite things to smoke here in a couple of weeks is the um, uh, just with wings. There, there's a lot of different ways that I smoke oh, yeah. wings, whether it's yeah. Old Bay or like I mentioned this. Uh, Chipotle lime seasoning that I found at a store once. You know, you don't have to go crazy when, you, when no. you're throwing rubs on wings, and, and they're pretty much all going to come out really good. Yeah, yeah. and if you're just starting out, you don't want to make your own rub, that's fine. Just just go to a store, f- find a barbecue rub that you may like, and just try it. And then, you know, once you decide you like it, add a little something to it if you want to just kind of tweak the flavor just a little bit. E- exactly. That's what we do, and it, it's all, you know, if you want to add a little extra heat in there, a little extra cayenne, you want some more sugar— it just depends on what you like. Exactly. So as we wrap up here, we try to finish up with a tip of the week every week. And you want to get into flavoring. So yeah, yeah. This, this tip would be perfectly appropriate for uh, wrapping up this episode. Absolutely. This yeah. I discovered this from Lewis Barbecue in Charleston, South Carolina. The uh, pitmaster there uses a combination of mustard and pickle juice, about a 50-50 combination. And I've used that for my pork butt. And I used it one time with ribs, and it it kind of works as a little bit of a brine too, because I, I did stick it in my fridge for about four to eight hours, and the flavor was just phenomenal. So explain how you use it real quick. I just rub it on. It's kind of like meat glue for your seasoning. So after I prep the ribs, with uh, taking the film off, I take some uh, the mustard pickle juice combination, spread it front and back, and then put the seasoning on it. And don't worry, you're not going to taste any mustard flavor, okay? Because it's it's going to be in the smoker for a while, and it's going to cook down. I mean, I'm, even Fernando said the same thing. I remember when we were talking to him, because he he put mustard on it, his ribs. They and use he, it as a as a bind on the yeah, ribs. There, you're not going to taste mustard, but but you will taste some of the um, pickling seasoning because it, it sort of acts as a brine. Mm-hmm. All right, so there you have it. That is our tip of the week, and that is episode six of Fired Up with Jake and John. Until next week, happy smoking.